Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including DuckTales, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zek. Hello. And uh, today, in particular, we'll be breaking down the latest episode of DuckTales, The Impossible Summit of Mount Neverest. Uh, now, if you're interested in catching up on our previous discussion of DuckTales or any other animated programming, you can find more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, you can subscribe to us uh, on iTunes uh, at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, or you can search for Overly Animated on your preferred podcatcher. Wherever you listen to us, we appreciate any ratings or reviews that you could leave us. But yeah, we'll be diving right into the, into the latest episode of DuckTales, which aired earlier in the beginning of December. It seemed to be held off as a bit of a holiday special, tied in with a couple of winter-themed Star vs. the Forces of Evil episodes as well. So uh, we have this, uh, this lone episode to talk about for the, for the remainder of the year. Um, let's go with ge- just general impressions first of uh, what you thought of, of this episode of uh, the ducks climbing a mountain. <laughs> um, let's go to you, Michelle, first, since you weren't on the last podcast. So maybe you'll, you can also give a little bit on how it compares to like, how the show has been going so far. Um, I would say this is like a pretty good, nice, fine episode. I thought there were some strong moments and some kind of like, okay, moments. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. Um, definitely preferred to some of the previous ones um, that I'm kind of happy I wasn't on because I would have been so mad <laughs> if I had to talk about the Egyptian ones. It's like the burrito nonsense was really getting to me. <laughs> but this one didn't have any of that, so I was really happy. Um, so yeah, I actually I, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. It, it isn't like in my top five, but it isn't in my like lower episodes either. So I thought it was like pretty solid. Okay, solid. Uh, while there wasn't burrito nonsense, there, there probably is other nonsense that we need to talk about <laughs> oh, in yes, this episode. <laughs> but uh, let's go to you, Steve. Uh, what, are, what are your general impressions on this episode? Yeah, it's, it's all right episode. Um, well, just a little effect. This is like the third episode in production order, so this is really early on. I thought the whole um mystery about Scrooge and Santa Claus, I kind of want to know more about that. Um. <laughs> I thought it was a fun episode. I thought a lot of just again, just being the big idiot. I might get a little old fast, but I kind of liked him. And I thought he was funnier in this one than maybe in previous episodes when he just a complete idiot. Because uh, I, I thought that gag was funny, how he just kept finding these, bumping into people and mistaking it. It reminds me of Mr. Magoo a bit, since he's kind of blind. <laughs> um, I thought the whole... um. Dewey, you know, yeah, Dewey Webby plot was a little okay too. I love Webby's outfit; it looks super cute. Mm-hmm. And like, and compared to the boys whose outfits are so generic, just red, blue, green. <laughs> I thought her just had a little more imagination. It had, to it. It had more flair. Flair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> Once again, she's not centered. She's not center party episode, but she still had a few little. Thing, thing stealing moments and of course the star of course Huey finally gets some focus here finally the Huey and Scrooge I guess they have a little bonding episode I thought it was obvious the twist about Scrooge being the what's the thing name again the he looks exactly like him we yeah. knew we knew yeah. that was going to be the reveal 
<laughs> oh, and I would love, love Lando how um how Drew just like what he was a backstabbing whatever like backstabbing person, and then Huey's like, I think the mountain got revenge for you. I'm like, yeah. Oh. You there were, were some good lines this episode. Yeah, yeah. it's a fine episode. It, it it's not really a holiday episode. Not it's not really that. It's more of a winter episode, but it, it was fine. Okay, so but both both of you seem to think that this is an okay oh, episode. What right? do you think, what? Alex? Uh, oh. I, I was just really down on this episode. Oh really? Like, is it because oh, of Launchpad? Because he's literally the first thing in your outline here. Yeah. Well, okay. La- launchpad is annoying. Um, the <laughs> the whole adding wormholes at the end of this is like that was. Re- I did not uh, see that coming. The, the, the Neverest Ninny thing was like it was trans transferred very quickly. Like it it, it tries to play it as a twist that it's not really a twist at all it's like well, it's, we all it's, knew. Very, it's very obvious i still i i still say i still i like large pet i take this large pack over the large pack and terra terraformia i'm just saying no let's see i i prefer him in terraformia because at least there like uh there's a bit more of character of like him getting easily distracted yeah. but still able to do his work yeah. whereas here it, it's just him being distracted <laughs> and being useless to the story <laughs> So Extra like, bad. Uh, oh, but uh, if if you're gonna do that, do it the way that they did it in the Lucky Gander, where he's just distracted, he wanders off in the story, and you don't see him again until like <laughs> the end of the episode, and he's done some wacky stuff off screen. Like that's fine. Well, uh, I don't. I don't like. Yeah. It's uh, it's not as funny when uh, when it just ends up being uh, not uh, relevant at all. We all have our own taste. I just love how he how Kathy mentions he paid with it with Scooge's credit card. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> although that joke has already been done. Like, we're already 10 episodes in. We've already but to done be fair, this launch episode, pad using Scrooge's credit card joke. In series, though. To be fair, this takes place earlier, so the, the Mummy episode is sort of fa- is the one that takes place after. So, <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about episode order later, because I, I do think that's something that we need to yeah, talk we, about as well. Yeah, we should but... consider it to some extent, but also, yeah, Launchpad is, like, extra useless in this episode. And even what? though I didn't personally mind it a lot it was it was very much there and we kept cutting back to it an awful lot so maybe it's that we also just spent so much more time within this episode that it became so apparent well um well you yeah to, yeah good news though um for you guys um we're pretty much all caught up with the production order the like the last like latest episode of production order was 110 terror terraformia and uh, okay, you, seen... you seem to want to talk about this a lot. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll just get it out of the way. I'm then. just saying we're caught yeah. up, and any episode that takes place after this takes place after Terra Terraformia. So pretty much in 2018, we're going to move on. We're, we're done catching up to the skip. Yeah, so well, yeah, so let, let's address that. Uh, Fr- Frank Angones, who is one of the co-writers for the show, uh, earlier in the year, when he started noticing that episodes were being aired out of order, he posted on Twitter the order that was meant to be. Okay. It seems that the unannounced Huey episode, which uh, ends up be, uh, being this one, was supposed to be uh, aired third, right after the pilot and Day Trip of Doom. So it, this was supposedly a character development episode that we didn't get. And it also turns out the terror of the Terraformians, which introduces, like, uh, Lena being yeah. a bit more of a, a dark character. Like, that's supposed to be, like, your finale of this batch of episodes. But instead, they stuck it, like, right in the middle of all, <laughs> all of this stuff. So, like, yeah, the Order does mess up a little bit in, like, trying to figure out, like, how development is working. 
But uh, I do want to say, like, this episode feels really weird to end on. Like, just holding it back because it's a winter episode. Is, yeah. like, do you think yeah. that's the reason? I would have to imagine because uh, uh, otherwise there's no purpose in leaving leaving this to be aired so late. Yeah. Especially considering that I think this is meant to be uh, Huey's, like, uh, establishing him as the logical one of the group. Uh, like, the, uh, the voice of reason uh, and... They show that in in other episodes, like Terror of the Terraformians, like he's he's also in that one being like, oh, we have to believe in science and things like that. But it, it seems more of established, whereas here it's, uh, I, I guess th if this was your first exposure, it's like, okay, th th that's his character, fine. But uh, because we see this so much later, it's like, uh, okay... <laughs> Yeah, I have a I have a real question for you guys. Um, what do you think are the main character differences between red shirt and green shirt? Because I'm not sure that they're that separate for me. Really? What are their differences? Mm. Yeah, find... between red shirt and green shirt. Really, I disagree. <laughs> I find more hard to difference between blue shirt and green shirt. No, blue shirt's the <laughs> rebel. He's like the cool one who doesn't think things through and like kind of just like wants to go with the action. I like I get him, but the other two seem a little more similar to me. Oh, okay. Well, crazy <laughs> different pinch. Um, the green one is very simply why I characterize or Louis. He's the lazy one. He's the one who just get ah uh, yes, he is the lazy one. He's the one, and also he seems to be a lot more cynical in things. Yeah. Whereas Huey is a uh, is a bit more cl uh, clinical and like uh, straightforward. Yeah. Like this, in that sense, there's a slight difference, but I, I can see where the confusion comes. I thought they were uh, both like kind of the smart one who read a lot and was kind of a nerd, so I got very confused. <laughs> Except one of them cares about like essentially what is the name of. Ah, junior the junior woodchucks. Yes, junior woodchucks, and one of them doesn't. Yeah, it's an obvious. This version, obviously, a a reference to the journal in, in Gravity Falls, an homage to it. Mm -hmm. But I I do agree with Michelle that like it, it gets a, even even if this was aired in the right order, I still think that they haven't done quite enough to differentiate the characters. They're they're, they're making their efforts, yeah, they, but yeah. Like the, but because they share certain character traits, it's still a little hard at times. <laughs> so, like, from what you guys have said, I gather, okay, so Green Shirt, he's, like, lazier, and uh, what else? What well, he, he he'll, just, he'll just, like, try, try really hard to find a way to do something for very little. to do. Oh, okay, so, like, little effort. And Red Shirt's, like, more thoughtful and committed to, like, what's right in science. He has the book, the science... The blue one is a little more adventurous. Yeah. Goes uh, and a little more of a goes against the rules a little bit more. I think different to Huey and Dewey is that Huey is one who's a little more afraid of getting in trouble. Oh, Dewey, I don't think he really cares that much about that, about getting in trouble with authority or anything. I think okay. Huey's the one who most respects authority figures. Is Huey redshirt? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then I'd agree with that. He seems. <laughs> he seems like it. Uh-huh. And uh, also, well, well, while we're talking, we also have Dewey here, who's in the subplot of Blue, Blue Shirt. Mm -hmm. you know him. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, in, in the first episodes, like, the pilot uh, and all, like, he's, he's, like, the very stubborn, headstrong one. And, like, here he's kind of off to the side, like, uh, I don't really care. I'm just climbing up here because I want to sled. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, uh, it, it's also still a little iffy on, like, what they're trying to do with him, too. But. But maybe it's just that we're not following as closely as we should. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but yeah, I think that 
of the characters, like at least to me, Scrooge and Webby, like they're they're st- very strong and defined. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the the nephews are it still blend for now. I will and, say, I'm glad that at this point in the show, Webby's kind of like hung out with all three of them at some point in the B plot. Like they're passing around that kind of like they all do different things and it's not like one is way more in the focus than the other ones. And I, I appreciate that. I was a little concerned um, in the early goings to the show, but like they've all kind of had a moment to shine now. So I think that's good. Rounds out the cast. I think though this one clearly with Webby, you see this is definitely more earlier in this series. She barely does anything. It has like no lines. I was like, oh, that's weird. Is it because of the people in charge didn't care about Webby? But if it was literally supposed to be the third episode, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, but here I see oh, Webby like like you know she's still trying to be like this fish out of water, learning new experiences. Mm-hmm. But I see in like in like the later episode like uh, production or Terra Terra Firmia. Well, that's still there. It's less. It's less in your face than yeah. episodes that you think you're getting a little more accustomed to being part of the outside world. Uh, also, I enjoyed that uh, in the Webby episodes with Lena, they focus a lot more on her social awkwardness. Yeah. Whereas here, like, the issue mainly is just, like, sort of falling... Yeah, wanting to sled, kind of falling into peer pressure of, no, well, let's keep going higher, let's go higher. But, like, at least you're showing off a different side of her personality than just the, I don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> and- and you know, um, this scene what we have with the nephews, it kind of sets up perfectly that uh, that Lena introduction episode. What's the name of the episode? The Beagle Birthday Bash, when um, when Lena Harmon tells Webby, "Let's ditch him," and you kind of see, and she stands up for them, and you kind of see why with these like bonding episodes early in the series. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, fair. That, that's true. Uh-huh. So we have we have the the nephews. We've talked about Webby, um, Scrooge in this episode. Uh, I I think he's still very um, that that's pretty much fits. He's kind of a stubborn dude, uh, still interested in adventure. Money doesn't really seem to be uh, like a something that matters to him, at least in this incarnation. Mm-hmm. But um, what did you th- uh, what were your impressions of Scrooge in this episode? Like, it, was it? Uh, boring was it interesting to watch uh, michelle i mean he was consistent i guess <laughs> i'm still kind of like confused about how like his partner like was like oh you're not gonna let go of your like big heavy stuff i'll just murder you then and then he dies and then scrooge doesn't ca- i don't i don't know what kind of like moral compass i am supposed to be having about that whole you know event transpiring but i mean i think it sort of is a Scrooge learning episode because he gives up his goal. And that's probably a big deal for him because he's so like, you know, firm and like kind of like full headed about going forward and like doing stuff. So I guess it was like a learning moment for him, Um, but I don't know. I thought, I thought it was fine. I love hearing him talk. (laughs) You know, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're talking about his history with Santa Claus, I was like disappointed that we didn't get a bah humbug. We should have got like Santa bah humbug. He knows what he did or something, you know, bah humbug because he's Scrooge. And the character is based on Evernita Scrooge. If you ever saw some early Disney specials, they he he played him in a, a Disney cartoon. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I I think you put a lot more thought into this yes. line <laughs> than the show. Like, I did it, not. It, 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 it opens as a throwaway gag, <laughs> but also the the weird thing is like I can believe it. Like <laughs> Scrooge has met Santa at some point. 
Um, yeah, and uh, I I do I do want to highlight the scene where they actually find uh, his uh, the the guy's bo- uh, skeleton in the cave. Yeah, where is he? Like he's just... Scrooge, like he tried to kill him. Like why is he mad at him? Because he got him to he paid him to go up there at all? I don't understand. And I mean, may- maybe he manipulated Scrooge into carrying those supplies, and he actually needed them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it, it's it's hard to like. Because it's hard to be mad at Scrooge when you find out the guy was actually, like, the worst. But then it's like, but he's still dead. And why is he mad at you? You your name on the cave wall. But it may have been the so worst. But he, I guess you could say he was right, though. Scrooge maybe need to let go of some of the supplies. But, you know, I've noticed, though, Disney has been really, really dark of late. Because here, between this and Star, we've had a whole bunch of dead skeleton bodies on these Disney shows. Must be a trend. Yeah. Also, it's around <laughs> Halloween, so you oh, know, yeah. you're, you're still allowed to do that. Also, he no. <laughs> the shirt from the tourist thing, which wouldn't have existed, like, however long he's been there. When Scrooge said it was after he made his first million, that had to have been forever ago. How did that shirt not go out of style? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, love, I love how Huey said, no one has said the, uh, what's the thing, in 75 years. Yeah, <laughs> that I forget what well, it was. was the, did you yeah, no, nobody used effect? the word ninny in seventy yeah. yeah. <laughs> which like, is a very valid point, honestly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like I, I particularly like the delivery of now he's the second farthest. <laughs> he's like, like just over taking him. one step. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I thought that yeah. was the most effective scene of, of of the episode, just like him being very very dark about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was a backstacking braggart who got me killed. Something, yeah. something along like that. But, uh, yeah, so we have that. Um, I, I guess we've already talked about Launchpad as the B-plot here. He believes he has ice fever. Uh, ca- kind of a, a very similar plot to Terra Fermians, where it's just like, oh, everybody might be mole people. And, but he had so oh, many good oh. lines in Terra Fermians. Like they, I, they actually made me laugh a lot. Whereas here, I think there were like two I thought were genuinely funny. A lot of them was just like, wow, and he's you know, really dumb. In a way, this is sort of, like I said, this is similar to Terra Terra Fermian, but also I think part after this plot also is similar to that last episode we did, the, the Egypt one, because it had sort of a con man same thing here, like trying to count Lodgepad. He's very similar characters. You know the guy's name, the fake Pharaoh, and this. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, he gets tricked very easily by people, and that seems to be his main way of getting into problems. But yeah. I just think so. The part though, I just thought was funny though, is really not Lodgepad himself. It's just, it's just how Louis helps get back at him and just like pulls his own con job. I thought that was kind of funny. How look at all this junk you sold him and stuff. I. I I, th- I thought that was kind of good. Uh, I agree there. Like that that was that was okay. <laughs> like uh, it, tying in Lu- Louis, <laughs> who uh, I like how Louis at the at the beginning is like, nope, uh, I'm not looking alive. In this. <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> he took himself no out of the plot. He took himself. Yeah. Out the plot. And I, 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 fun, I funny how Scrooge just assumed Launchpad just joined Louis, and just you know ditched him. <laughs> Yeah, I will say that since it's December, I'm very cold, so seeing a lot of hot springs made me very jealous. I was kind of bitter about the hot springs too. Yeah. I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, let's hear of of Launchpad lines, since that's pretty much what he's in the episode for yes. for comic release. <laughs> let's be real. Um, I I the two that stood out to me. I don't know if they're the same as you, Michelle, but uh, when he's 
walking through the hot spring, he bumps into a hairy pig. Oh, he's ah, a yeti. Yeti. That was that was one of them. It was actually really funny. He was like accidentally yeah. touching his chest. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh, then yeti, later, yeti. He, <laughs> and then later he bumps into Louis and soaking the wet. Yes, sweat. that was my other one. Just like his delivery okay. on it's like so good and so dumb. Like I imagine that voice actor just had a lot of fun voicing Launchpad because he's just like really dumb. I love I love the line where he says, "Take me." To the heavens, or something like this. He tells me, "Take me to the heavens of the sun." Or oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, so I over that. I see a, I see a light. Embrace, I <laughs> or something. The, the blanket one with the sweat. That was my favorite line of the episode, hands down. <laughs> it's just so gross and amazing. Yeah, and plus he's like the biggest one, so he would sweat the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, makes everybody. sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Are there any other uh, big things out of this episode that that I'm I'm missing here? Oh, how about um how we haven't seen much of Donald of late, or even Mrs. Beakley yeah. either. Yeah, that's true. We haven't seen them in forever. Yeah, yeah. And I know I like, we promised we could see more of Donald in the old show, which I guess is true because the old show had very little of Donald. But you know, I, I want to see more of Donald. His presence, like him, in contributing. Um. Uh, maybe he's the voice actor who Donald is probably very busy, so you, you only have like so many episodes you can get him for. But you know, try to give me more. Well, I, I, I do think he's meant to be a side character, and same with Mrs. Beakley. Yeah. And so, if, if well, we saw uh, Donald in the Lucky Gander, we covered that in our last podcast, and I think he did very well there. But he I also think talk he... as much. That's part of why he did better. <laughs> That's the thing with Donald. I want to see more of him, but part of me is like afraid to see more of him and not be able to understand him. Still, I kind of wonder that that that's a fair worry. <laughs> <laughs> Although I actually think he talked a lot and like still did very. Did well he? I just didn't notice that episode, so I thought he didn't talk very much. If that's true, maybe he's like getting a better handle on I, the enunciation. I, I kind of want to see a Donald launchpad plot, like them do something together because they're oh, both so kidding. Oh God, that'd be <laughs> such a train wreck. It could be good or it could be. Really Really, really bad. Maybe they go on a double date or something. Maybe like, yeah, we kind of. <laughs> oh, come on, you're, you're already in, in, inserting shipping in here. <laughs> or maybe they go on a date together. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like uh, this does seem to be a very focused uh, on our main cast sort of episode, and it makes sense that this would have been earlier if you want to establish the chemistry. Uh-huh. But airing it this late is like while we're having actual plot stuff be introduced, like it feels kind of kind of weird and kind of fillery. But it would have made sense in the position that it was originally supposed to be. Yeah. Um. Um. But. Now I guess uh, just uh, going through like other uh, other little details here. Um, the ep- the episode opens with them thinking that Mount Everest is going to be a uh, like an untamed place, and it turns out there's a town there already. It's turned into a tourist place. Uh, uh, Web- Webby goes churros. Yeah, that's very yeah. very Gravity Falls into. Is churros very gravity falls? <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about just the like premise burritos. of how of how something like. Seemingly, that's going to be deserted. It turns into a tourist place. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That that's that seems to be a common thing. But um, yeah, I, I like churros, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, like- uh, let's see here. Um, also, Huey uh, mentioned something about the maps being inaccurate since he's like studying to be a cartographer. I think it is. Yeah. So- 
He's like, so, oh, um, Malco wouldn't be native to this region. Why is the sun wearing sunglasses? To protect it from a bigger sun? <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny <laughs> line. Amazing. Yeah, that was a really good line. Yeah, I, I, I do like the joke that sons always wear glasses for some reason. Like, what, what would they be protecting their eyes from? Uh, what? Yeah, that's a song uh, I mentioned to a lot of meta cartoons, like not meta, um, lots like very out there cartoons with the uh, the sun, sun wearing sunglasses, and also the Razor yeah. Brand logo too. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, we, we also have a uh, Webby has life goals. One of them is sledding. What were um, the other two? Uh, I forgot to freeze frame. Uh, the other two were pilot and airplane. That that's that's within her her yeah, means. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and uh, high fiving a brontosaurus. Oh, oh. okay. Oh, it, oh my god, this might be a reference to the old show because I mean, spoiler for the old show, but yeah, there's a there's an episode, there's a couple episodes when they meet dinosaurs. Do they go back in time, or did oh, that- oh yeah, that too. They, they're, they're, I mean, Scrooge is rich enough to have a time machine. Uh, there's one episode in the first season when they kind of just go to a place that has like cavemen dinosaurs, you know, like Jurassic Park. And then mm-hmm. in the second season, they do actually go back in time. But yeah, okay. and pilot, so- and pilot a plane. That sounds like a pretty cool, maybe a hint of a Webby Launchpad episode. Yeah, that would be neat. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Like, hey, you know what? Launchpad is a pilot. Maybe let him fly planes more. <laughs> well, he fly. You always see like a plane at the beginning of whatever the destination the episode's going to be, and they just like don't ever show them really on it, just getting off of it. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like a, li- a little bit more of you know him actually doing his job. <laughs> is that is that too much to ask? Aww. Uh, we we uh, yeah we already talked about uh, Louis. He's like, oh, I can't wait to find the treasure. There is no treasure. Oh, oh I'm out. Have fun. Him <laughs> piecing out felt very Ooh. relatable though. That hot cocoa looked very inviting down there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the hot cocoa gets br- brought up again because they reach something called point of no return, mm-hmm. a certain death or cocoa. Uh, how about I just love how old, how excited. Well, Webby was like he's ready to do the skiing thing, and do we keep stopping her because it's not the perfect spot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have uh, Webby being very, very eager to do new things. So that's uh, sol- solid with her character. And like I said, uh, super cute too. Yeah, we we get the recurring gag of Bunny Rock. <laughs> like it's I kind of like Bunny Rock. I think it's <laughs> yeah. kind of great. Do you like the bunny rock with the snow covered or oh, in pure? It's, yeah. Both sides are good. It even gets to kind of sled at the end. It has a full adventure all on its own. I wonder if you get to take bunny rock home. I hope so. But bunny rock is our new favorite character. <laughs> uh, Yay, who are we going to ship it with? Oh, oh no. <laughs> the plane? Given with Launchpad, they're both about similar intelligence. Aww. Uh, I think Bunny Rock could do better. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, then we, uh, yeah, we have uh, Huey mentioning when they find the cave. Uh, well, Scrooge finds the cave, and Huey's like, "Wait, this area's uncharted. How did you knew- How did you know the cave was here?" And I think that's where like it becomes super obvious that oh, okay, Scrooge is the one who tried climbing this before. <laughs> um. Let's see, we've already talked about the sequence in the cave. Uh, they uh, they find out that he uh, Scrooge has this grudge. Uh, then they find out that there are wormholes. Um, 
I, I know magic was introduced like in, in the first episode, and we've kind of gone back and forth on it. But uh, how do you feel just about inserting wormholes into a mountain for no reason? Uh, mind you, this is not explained at all. I mean, it makes sense that no one could get to the top because yeah. they couldn't because of the wormholes. Like that was what confused me. I'm like, oh, if there's this big tourist attraction, how could they not have like a topography map of the mountain already? They're literally at the base of it. But wormholes make sense somehow in a wacky way. So I'm kind of they? okay with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of okay with the wormholes being a thing because like they they address it being weird early on and they come back to it like a bunch of times. So it's not really a surprise it's just kind of like not a reveal anyone would expect but i'm okay i'm kind of okay with it honestly i agree with michelle uh, it definitely made it make sense so i don't have a problem with it like some other people do <laughs> but tell us tell us like logically why this is very frustrating as yeah. a thing that exists alex well it's just that like like I'm saying, like magic has been introduced in this, mm -hmm. but like weird sciencey stuff. Weird not science really. Stuff. Here it is. Yeah, like that that part's new, and the fact that it's not explained, it like it's just pulled out of nowhere. Like, okay, this is the reason. De deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> like it just feels like a very very convoluted. I guess in in the wacky idea of the show, like it, it works as a function function to keep people from getting to the mountain. But it's just it felt too out of nowhere, even for me, <laughs> even watching this show. Oh. But uh, I, I I don't mind if you enjoy it. It's just it it felt very off for me. How how <laughs> like you feel about the wormholes is how I feel about when they go to the like Atlantis City and it's upside down and the jewels on the ceiling. But if it wasn't upside down, it'd be on the floor. And so how could nobody get to it? Kind of thing. Like some there are just some plot points the show just like does not want you to think about, and they kind of are glaring and obvious, and they might bother you a lot. But the show is just like it's not something they're really going to get into so i understand on that level the frustration yeah you, you make a good point compared to Blair, <laughs> but like since but like since that was like a like a, the pilot episode right i'm like oh, okay whatever but like after seeing epi more episodes and figuring out that's not really a, a thing that comes up that often yeah. So I think that's what makes it a little bit more jarring. Maybe this is is it if this is episode C maybe it's one of the things they they gracefully phase out as the show continues, mm -hmm. which I would think is a good move. Yeah. That's a possibility. Um we ha so we end up figuring out that there there are portals on this mountain. Uh Dewey and Webby begin to skip across different portals uh, trying to find a way a way to get their slit. So I, I missed this. How did the sled get up on, on top of the that mountain? That doesn't <laughs> make sense. That doesn't make sense because they jump through the same portal that Scrooge does. Same one. And theirs takes them like halfway up and his takes them like almost all the way up. So that also is like, I don't know. Does it make sense? <laughs> Because it does. It just does. That's the explanation. <laughs> Unless they originally Thanks. got up there and then fell off to the other ledge and then had to find a way oh, back. That, that means you implicitly have to like make inferences. It doesn't, you know. So I don't yeah. <laughs> Is that? I don't want to. I don't want to think this much about physics. <laughs> <laughs> if that happened. That means Dewey and Webby got the furthest there, and Scrooge first. Yeah. I mean, if oh my God, I know Scrooge can live that down. Like. 
but yeah, we we do have this uh, final showdown of sorts between Scrooge and uh, uh, and Huey. He is like, you don't. Sometimes the bravest thing an explorer can do is walk away, and uh, Scrooge eventually has to cede once he realizes that there's about to be an avalanche because of him trying over and over again to get to the top. And they sled down the the mountain. Uh, eventually, they land on Bunny Rock, and they go all the way down. Bunny Rock helps him out. Good job. <laughs> Uh, and the episode ends with a shot of uh, Huey throwing his map, and it's some, and the wind blows it all the way to the top of the mountain. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Uh, that, that was very, um, very. Uh, what's the word? It, it, it's like the bow tie on top of a present. Like it's, it's very on the nose of an ending. Yeah. One thing that bugged me about that was he probably had a lot of useful information about where the portals were or the wormholes on that map that he drew, because he was, like, making notes the whole time. So that could have been really useful for people, because it's probably the most charted, accurate map of that region. So why did you just give it up? That made me sad. <laughs> Maybe the mountain doesn't want anybody to climb it. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of a lot of stuff like that. That just, you know, I'm an object. You just cannot conquer it. Yeah, and it seemed they were kind of going for that, but not really. Like, it's focusing more on just Scrooge being stubborn yeah. and uh, personal grudges than anything to do with actual nature, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's the Impossible Summit of Mount Everest. Um, so with the knowledge that this is meant to be an earlier episode, I, I do think it's it's good to compare this to some of the more recent episodes, uh, like uh, Terror of the Terraformians, uh, The Living Mummies of Tothra, like, uh, do, do you think that the uh, that the show is improving, Michelle, or are we still in, like, a holding pattern of this is okay to good? The Living Mummies of Tothra is the low point of the season so far for me, so I have, like, uh, more criticisms of that one than any episode so far. I'd say as a whole they're improving, um... Uh, that one just really gets on my nerves. And I, I mean, I like this one better than that one. I'll say that at least. It's just the burrito nonsense. So <laughs> dumb. And well, it kept coming back. And then they like fold up the mummy in a burrito. And it's just, oh my God. Why? Why? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Steve, how, how would you compare this episode to some of the more recent ones that we've been watching lately? Well, I I think it's actually better than the mummy episode, mm -hmm. but but it's definitely not nearly close to on par of Terra Terra Fermia. Um, yeah. Which is it technically production order is like the latest episode, so this show really and and that left on a cliffhanger. I'm so interested in seeing more of. So I guess the show has improved a bit. Um, I do have a hot take. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. I do have a hot take theory? I just just thought of while recording this podcast. Tell me if what you think of this, but. Since we have like Magicka, you know, Sorceress, is there a chance maybe secretly that Della Duck no is like has some sorcerer powers, knows some magic? Why would they be well, related things? No, we're not related. I'm just saying that she have magical powers. You don't have to relate it to maybe have that. Yeah, but why why? <laughs> <laughs> no, but combine those plots, he's gonna help defeat Magicka. I guess that's uh, possible. Well, 
uh, I enjoy your your attempt to try tying in the <laughs> two most, yeah. most interesting plot lines of the of the show. Oh, well, we get back. To but this uh, plot. That, but but yeah, that does bring us to a discussion. Like, what are the things we're most looking forward to? So we we've already mentioned Della Duck. We have uh, Magica and Lena uh, bringing them back. Mm-hmm. Um, any other? Are we looking forward to seeing any, anything else in particular, like with with the nephews or with Scrooge? Uh, at least for me personally, I do want to see more Scrooge and Donald. Like yeah, I, I'd uh-huh. like to see their interactions I'm, a little a little bit more. I'm interested to see what's going on with that gyro plot and that robot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen the original show and I know what it's references to, so I'm super excited. Uh, yeah, gyro. I almost forgot entirely <laughs> about him, <laughs> but yes, he he exists somewhere in here. Yeah, I guess they'll come back uh, maybe eventually. I also feel like there's a lot of villains they have planned to show us that they haven't done yet that were from the original series. So I'm curious to see more cool villains. I'd like some more lady villains. That'd be nice. Maybe that's like on my wish list. Yeah, because we we introduced Magica very yep. recently, but we we do need a se- oh yeah we do have a Margot Martindale as <laughs> Mob Beagle, but that's like half she's the not villains, really serious half the villains villain. we have right now are female. I think half the because we got that got all the ones are freaking Glongold and mm-hmm. other millionaire guy billionaire guy what's his name um and uh, yeah other than that and other stuff I don't really consider villains those are just one off stuff I and they're not part of the original show so so who knows <laughs> but yeah we we probably do need to expand our serious villains although we have the the standard uh, show balance yeah. of goofy villain and serious that villain because yeah. Glomgold being goofy and the Magicka seeming to be the serious one. But, so, yeah, and that, that's like uh, very funny because Magicka on the old show was can be serious, but sometimes he, he's as goofy as anybody else, and Glomgold could be as serious as anybody else in the original series. So, who knows? But so far we yeah. haven't gotten. Yeah, we'll see how the other side. Oh, the old Glomgold was a very menacing character, so who knows? We have yet to see that side of him. We might see another side of him that we haven't seen yet. That. He might surprise you. Yeah. So th- there's definitely still things to, to look out for in DuckTales. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, last time I said we were saying goodbye for 2017, but now, uh, uh, due to this uh, December episode, I- I'm, a- I'm a little scared to say that again. Well, it's time for real. But uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's for real. <laughs> Who knows? But in, in any case, in any case uh, the, the next time that new DuckTales episodes uh, come on, we'll, we'll be here to talk about them again. And uh, if you are interested in our in our podcast, uh, you can find out all, all about us at overlyanimated.com. Um, if you want to talk to us about DuckTales or any of the other shows we cover, you can chat with us at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. So you can uh, keep uh, up to date on all the news around the shows that we cover. Uh, you can also support us financially. We would appreciate that very much uh, via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. We do want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, OtakuGuy01. And uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Uh, you can uh, Other podcasts that you might be interested in, uh, Disney XD uh, aired DuckTales alongside Star vs. the Forces of Evil, and we recently had a podcast on those episodes as well, if you want to look, look those up. Uh, soon we'll be talking Adventure Time. We, um, we also got... An almost two-hour Little Witch Academia podcast, our finale. So, oh. yes, Steve, Steve. Steve was on that, so <laughs> definitely a lot, a lot of uh, e- eager discussion there. 
And uh, yeah, we, we just uh, cover a lot of stuff here and uh, we're always glad to be uh, able to talk about it and we're glad that people are, are listening to us. So thank you all very much for that. Thanks, guys. Uh, any, <laughs> any final thoughts here on DuckTales before we sign off? Mm-hmm. Beautifully to look at, beautifully animated. Um, how was how the, the wintry stuff when we saw the big live screen? I, I thought it was beautiful to look at. Yeah. So now I'm just I'm just excited to get back to the plots here, the main plot. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want more plot. <laughs> That'd I be see, nice. I want to see more, more about Della and see more of Lena and Magica and and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think the motto of overly animated is what, what, I can't wait for the plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like I like a nice like podcast you and Dylan you guys did with Dylan um Craig of the Creek and Dylan's like where's the plot? <laughs> But that's different. Yeah. That show is great without a plot. <laughs> I know. And, some and some would argue this show is great without a plot, too. That, that's true. It depends on the episode. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you very, very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Bye. Bye.